Hello, welcome to the Gritty Men Podcast. I'm John Riggs, your host, and we are here, as always, to equip, encourage, and inspire God's men to live God's way for God's glory. Well, on today's podcast, I want to spend our time together learning about the difference between men who finish well and those who don't finish. And I know that we can encourage each other in this area because I don't know too many men that desire not to finish well. In fact, that is what our desire is. That's what our aim is. And, of course, the Apostle Paul, one of my favorite uh, men in uh, the New Testament that I love to read and study, um, we know his famous passage of Scripture at the end of his life, nearing that final finish line, uh, finish line phase, he penned these words, writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verses 7, then through 8. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also all who have loved his appearing. So the Apostle Paul here was a single-minded man. His goal was that he would finish his race of faith and he would finish it well. Now, I know that primarily we are focusing on our race of faith here at Gritty Men, but it also applies to so many other areas of our life. And why is it that the vast majority of people do not finish what they start? Well, there's some commonalities that we find uh, with men who have developed the discipline on how to be a finisher. And let's look at a few of these things um, that we know are true. Number one, finishers are disciplined men. They are men who are highly disciplined. Um, I tell you, that is something that we are lacking within the Christian community of men. Men who are disciplined, who are committed. That's another thing. Man, I, I've been pastoring now for nearly 20 years, and I have seen really a, a change really over the last probably two or three years, a major change. I've always seen a circular door um, within uh, the church, but I haven't seen anything like I've seen lately uh, in the past. It is absolutely mind-blowing to me. I'm privileged to pastor a large church. Um, doesn't matter if it's large or small in number. Um, the point is today we have a door that is revolving. I have seen thousands of people come in, circle through, and go out, and you never see them again. You never hear from them. You never see them. They're here. They're, they're here for a while, and they're gone. Um, it's absolutely amazing to me. There is there is very little to no commitment um, within Christians today, especially in relation to their service for God or their work within the community of believers. And so I find this very, very interesting, but it's, it's a very serious issue and problem. It's the lack of discipline and the lack of commitment. And I have seen this uh, with all... Uh, a number of things that um, I've been involved with or have done. It's not that you have a hard time getting people to start something. There's a lot of people who are motivated to start something. But what I have found is it is a very small percentage of people who will finish it, fulfill it, and take it to the very end. Um, and that's a really sad thing, especially in the body of Christ. So we know that men who are finishers, like the Apostle Paul, they're very disciplined. They're disciplined men. They are self-accountable. 
Um, not only they know they are accountable to God, but they're self-accountable. They don't have to have somebody always keeping tabs on them. They are self-accountable to themselves. In other words, they hold themselves accountable to what they have committed to do. Self-accountability is very, very important, but it's lacking greatly in our culture and in the culture of the church today. They are steadfast. I mean, they are consistently steadfast in their fulfilling their commitments uh, that they have given themselves to. Um, these men have perseverance because anything worth doing is going to require perseverance. Let's just speak about marriage, for example. Men who have endured the incredible gift in relationship of marriage, um, they have learned, they, they and their wives have learned uh, to be disciplined, accountable, steadfast, and persevering. They are persevering uh, through all things in life. Um, they are mentally tough. These men are mentally tough. Listen, one of the three disciplines that we continually work at helping men build within their own lives as we build them within our own is mental uh, toughness. It is, it is to have the discipline of our minds that they are tough, that they are gritty, um, that, that we don't allow our minds to dictate in reality whether or not we fulfill our commitments um, it's not about that. Our minds, especially for those of you that have been a part of like our gritty camp and, and you're involved in the, 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 the continual striving and working, especially physically, whether it's rucking or working out or running or whatever you're doing physically, you know that you don't feel like doing that every single day. And if you were to allow yourself, your mind to, to tell you what it wanted to do, you would more than likely stop. In fact, our bodies love comfort. They love ease. And that is poison to us as godly men. Comfort and ease is poison. And that's one of the reasons the American church is so pathetic and weak. It's because we have so much comfort and ease. That's the true reality of it. Um, and so um, mental toughness. In other words, you are going to control your mind. You're, gonna, you're going to um, not allow the mind to give way to what the body wants. You're going to override the desires of the body with the sharpness and the toughness of your mind. Paul was mentally tough, mentally tough. He had great perseverance, incredible perseverance. Um, he was steadfast in what he did in following after Christ, fulfilling the mission and purpose of his life in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, also, um, focused. You'll find that these men are very focused in what they're doing. Um, we read this in Paul's uh, letter to the to the Philippian believers as he wrote this letter from prison. Um, I'm sure Paul probably thought in his own mind, "Hey, Lord, I probably would be better off uh, out of this prison. Uh, more work for the kingdom could be accomplished." But Paul didn't know or see the complete nature of the sovereignty of God in the landscape of what he was doing in Paul's life. And here we are in 2023 reading these incredible letters written by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and they are bringing great encouragement to us and also insight into help us know how we are to live as godly men in this day in which we are living in. And so Paul writes this to the Philippian believers in chapter 3, verses 13 um, through 14. He pins these word and words, and he's talking about the, the supremacy of knowing Christ, the, the surpassing value of of knowing Christ. And what I find about men that are finishers, they are, they are very driven in nature in understanding the purpose of what they are doing. 
Um, there's no question to the why. They get it. Paul, he knew uh, that question was answered in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and Paul writes these words. Let me just share this with you guys um, in relation to um, Paul's uh, love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul talks about a little bit of his pedigree, you know, his past, his history, who he is uh, by birth and what he did in the past. He was a Pharisee, and, you know, he's, he's, he's got a background um, that he could share with them about having confidence in what he'd accomplished. But the Apostle Paul um, is not going to give any credence to the flesh, and so he, he, he talks about um, this incredible find that he has found in Christ Jesus and so um, he mentions not only was he a Pharisee, as to his zeal, he was a persecutor of the very church. Um, as to righteousness under the law, he was blameless. And then he says this in verse 7, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss. What? For the sake of Christ. So Paul found a greater purpose in life. He found the answer to all things pertaining to life. He found uh, Christ through revelation of Christ to him. And he said, indeed, I count everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, Paul says, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish or dung in other translations in order that I might gain Christ. Paul says, my goal, my, my love, my pursuit of knowing Christ um, everything else pales in comparison. In fact, in my mind, Paul says, all of those things are dung if you were to measure them in comparison to their value. Uh, they're dung compared to this pursuit and the value of knowing Christ. Paul says, I am singular in my thought, in my devotion, in my drive, in my persistence, in my walk, in my, in my effort, in my energy. Paul says, I am singular in focus here, and that his focus was to know Christ. That was his desire. And he moves on and says, not only that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ the righteousness from God that depends on faith. He knows that the righteousness that he received from Christ was not by works, wasn't by the law or the keeping of it. It was by simply faith in the righteous one who is Jesus Christ. And then Paul moves on and says, that I may know him. Paul was singular in his devotion. He wanted to know Christ, pursuing Christ, wants to know Christ. And how can he better know Christ? Paul says, part of my understanding of knowing Christ, number one, I want to know the power of his resurrection. And also, in knowing Christ, I, would may, I may share in the sufferings of what it means to follow Christ. In fact, Christ was a man of great suffering. You know, we hate suffering today, especially in our culture. It's all about ease and comfort and compatibility, um, and it's, it's, it's just incredible. So, we, we, though, know that we come from a history of, of what Paul is saying is, I want to know, and to know Christ, to fully know Christ, he says, it's going to require that I go through suffering because that is part of what it means to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, becoming like him in his death. Why? That by any means possible, Paul says, I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul says, next, I haven't attained all this. I'm still pursuing it. I'm still striving for it. 
Now, we know that his salvation was secure in Christ by faith in Christ alone. We know that. That's how he was justified. But Paul didn't just live in that. He had a responsibility to pursue Christ. Paul never stopped pursuing the Lord Jesus Christ. He knew there was a time in which he would receive his crown, his reward, and that one day he would receive that, that summit experience of the end of life. But Paul was on an upward call, and he was striving and and desiring to know Christ. And everything within him was Paul reaching and striving to know Christ, not to attain salvation. He had received that by faith, but in, in understanding and knowing Christ, it required suffering and all of these elements Uh, for Paul to perfectly know Christ. And he says, I haven't already obtained this. I haven't already become perfect. That's not going to happen until I um, am perfected when uh, when I set aside this life and this body. But he says, but I press on to make it my own. Isn't that interesting? You know, Paul pressed on. He, he didn't stay at base camp. He, he pressed on, man. He was pursuing Christ. Are you pursuing the Lord Jesus Christ? Paul never quit pursuing Christ because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Isn't that incredible? Brothers, I don't consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, Paul says, I forget what lies behind and I strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal. Paul had a goal, and we're going to learn that one of the attributes of those that finish One of their key attributes is that they begin with the end in mind. Paul had a goal here. His goal was what? To know Christ, to finish, to to complete the task at hand. Paul had a goal in mind. He was goal-driven as well. We men are made to fulfill and set goals and achieve those things. And so Paul says, listen, I am pressing on toward the goal, and here it is, for the prize for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's Paul's goal. It is the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We have all been given this call by God. It's an upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Our goal is to finish what God has begun in us, is to work it out what God is working in us. And there's a part that Paul played in this. Paul didn't earn his salvation, but Paul was working out what God was working in him in regards to his salvation. And Paul doesn't neglect the fact that there's something that he is responsible for here in the the pursuing Christ part. And so we, we find that, and that's what Paul's saying here. I have fought in 2 Timothy chapter 4. I have fought. He had a part in this. Yes, the Holy Spirit working through him, standing firm in the power of God. But there's an element that Paul is involved in here. He's active in this relationship. He is not, um, he's not just on the sidelines. He's, he's actively involved in it. He has not only been fighting the good fight, He has finished the race. There's an aspect where Paul says, I have been pursuing this. I have been charging forward to this place and this time. I'm not sitting back on my heels and my haunches, just coasting along. Paul is pursuing this. He is striving for this. 
Not only has he finished the race, he has kept the faith. Yes, it is true that God is working in us, but we are to be working out what God is working in us. It is true that, that God is testing our faith and that our faith is being tested as genuine and it's, it's causing it to grow and strengthen and we develop perseverance and all of those elements that God is doing in and through our life, but we have a responsibility as well. We can't just idly sit by and say, oh, my faith is going to grow because I sit on the sidelines and do nothing. No, there's elements of what we do in steps in response to a true, genuine, and vibrant faith. The reality is we are going to be working those things out. It's part and parcel of what we're doing. And so Paul was a finisher, man, but he had his eyes set on the prize of the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He, he had a singularity and focus. And so Paul had these incredible attributes in his life that that he had developed. He wasn't born with these. You're not born with these, but you are required to develop these in your life. You must do this, guys, to be a finisher. And you in these days, and I don't know how else to say this, one of the reasons that I started this podcast was to help, encourage, inspire, and equip God's men to live God's way for God's glory in these days. And you say, well, John, what days are you speaking of? Just my life? Yes, your life, but we're living in the last days. So guys, the reason our society and our culture and our world is so crazy and why it's going off the rails is not because God is out of control or uninvolved. It's because God is fulfilling in demonstration his perfect plan of sovereignty to the great and mighty day of the Lord. We are per, we're moving to the day. And so I know in my own heart and mind and through the study of the word of God and looking around and seeing what's happening in our world, we are living in the latter part of the last days. So I'm trying to equip, encourage, and inspire God's men now to get a hold of this so we're able to live the kind of lives, godly lives, honoring to the Lord, pursuing the Lord, living for our King, living for our God, and we are not going to be caught up and caught off guard in this day and time uh, of the things of this world. We need to be ready, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We, we need to be these kind of men. And there's never been a time in life in the history of the world, go anywhere in any time, and you'll never find a time more distractive than it is now, more deceptive than it is now. And we still have the same sins that have always been around, but they are propagated, promoted, and paraded in a way that it's never been done in the history of the world. And there's so much information on the information superhighway that you are able to have access to at any one given moment or second in time that we must be these men because I'm telling you the days of deception are going to get worse and worse and worse and what is coming is not a great revival but what is coming is what we are told about by Paul and Thessalonians a great apostasy or falling away and so my heart and my desire is to, is, to, is to help men. That's what this is for. I'm not wanting to have a big boy camp where you get to come and we're going to go outside and camp and smoke cigars and have kegs of beer and guys are drinking and sitting around and singing Kumbaya. That's not what I have an interest in. And there are guys that are doing this stuff. It's absolutely asinine. It's crazy and it's incredible that this is where we've gotten to in the church. Come on out, bring your stogies and bring the kegs. We're going to have ourselves a Boy Scout party for grown men. No, that's not what we should be doing. We need to be finding like-minded men and encouraging those who are, who are in Christ to stand up, stand ready, and get ready for the days we're living in. And it's not a time for, for that. 
It never has been a time for that, but for, for the sake of the kingdom and for what we've been called to as men, right now is the time that we understand the days we're living in. So this podcast is a little different, and I realize it's not going to appeal to a lot of people because it's not full of a lot of fluff. And I'm not just bringing on another guy to tell you what great feats he's accomplished in life, whatever military venture he's been on. Or No, I get that, right? We're, we're in a battle, guys. And we love those stories about like the SEAL team and, and about special forces and about, about selection. And we are desirable of those things because we're created for those things. We're created to be warriors. And I know there's going to be Bible teachers out there that say, oh, we're not supposed to be warriors. Baloney. God is a warrior. He is a warrior. Scripture even says that God is a warrior. You were created in the likeness and image of God. You desire those things for a reason, but we don't wage war like the world was. The world does. Why? Because our battle that we are in is not against flesh and blood. It would be much easier if it was, but it's against principalities and powers. It's against authorities and heavenly places and all these things. It's against the kingdom of darkness that we battle and we contend for the faith and we stand against in this world. So the time of the hokey pokey stuff is over, and if that pertains to what you want, this is not the podcast for you. I'm trying to help encourage and inspire and equip you godly men. You are the men that I'm looking for. You're the men that I'm after, and you're the men that I need in my life. And to be frankly honest with you, there's not a whole lot of you out there. I heard it said of someone that if there was a a man-eating lion turned loose here in the church age today that we live in, that animal would starve to death to find a Christian man of God. If he was just out there to devour men, there's not a lot of them out there. But I'm desiring and hoping that through this podcast, there will be more men that God will call to rise up to their calling and live by his standard. And that's what this whole thing is about. So yeah, I'm a little passionate about it. But you know what? We're living in a time where we better be passionate about the Lord Jesus Christ. We better get serious about our walk with him. We better quit playing games in the church and being a part of this, this, this whatever we've created here in the Western church. It's churchianity. It is, it is basically um, corporate church has been brought in and we've got CEOs and COs. I know, I know all about the system. And we develop programs and we become a, a, a ministries that all we do is we're, we're selling product and we're looking for consumers. And so we have a consumeristic bunch of people in our church. And what are they looking for? You better have all the programs in place. You better have the best things in the community. You better have the most money, the nicest facilities. You better have all this stuff in place because we're shopping for what we want, baby. Well, those days are going to come to an end. Because when things really hit the fan, you aren't going to care about those things. You're going to get back to the basics of what we need to be about. And we need to know the word of God. We need to be all about the king and the kingdom and the word. That's what we need to be about. These programs, hey, they serve a purpose, but that's not what this whole thing is about. Okay? And so, to be honest with you, I'm a little bit abnormal in, in the church. I realize that. I'm not your typical preacher. Um, in fact, I have a hard time even identifying with most of them uh, because, you know what, there are, many of them are part of the system. They're part of this churchianity system, and they absolutely love it. Well, I can't stand it, but I am passionate about Christ, 
And I'm passionate about the people of Christ. And I'm looking for men who have what? The same things that I desire. I'm looking for men who are what? That we have a common faith. That we have common values. That we have common interests. That we have common goals. That we have common beliefs. And that we have a common bond because we are brothers of Christ and we are in the family of God. That's what I'm looking for. That's what many of you are looking for. And you are starving for that in your church because your churches have so few of these kind of men in them. That's why this has been formulated. That's why Gritty Company has been made so that we can have a community of these kind of men that we can equip, encourage, and inspire each other in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's really, in a nutshell, what we're here for. Okay? Um, now, moving along. So, we, we, we see these elements that we have, that we can see in guys who finish. And so, I want to just share some of these with you that I've written down. Number one, we talked with, they, be, they, they live with the end in mind. There's a day where we will, like Paul says, it's the finish line. He knows it. It's a point when a man wants to die and face the judgment. We're all going to face the judgment seat of Christ. I realize that Christians are going to face a different type of judgment because we are not going to face the judgment of whether or not our name is written in the book of life. Our name has been written in the book of life. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ as an act of mercy and grace and upon faith that we've been that we have been provided even through his revelation of himself to us that we believe. It's incredible. So there's a day of accounting coming for us. It's how and what we did. What do we do with Jesus Christ? How do we live this race of faith that we've been given? God did this for us. He did this, all of it for us, uh, to us, and it's all for him and for his glory, but he did this for us. It's not something we did. We didn't, we didn't do this. He did it for us, but we have an active role in what we do with what God has given us. And so we have an understanding that there's a day of accounting coming, and we know that we're going to see Jesus one day. And whether we see him in death or we see him in the rapture, whenever that takes place, I don't know. But we're going to meet Christ. And I'm looking forward to the day that we see Jesus. But knowing that, guys, see, knowing there's a day of accounting coming, it helps us to, to be a guy and a man who finishes. That's why for me, when I set goals, like if I want to, I always have to be goal-driven. So if I want to, I got to set myself a race in the future. If I'm going to continue running well, <laughs> I'm going to have to set a race. If I want to achieve a certain goal with, within rucking or, or whatever it would be, I have to set those goals because what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be accountable to that when it gets there. There's going to be a test that comes. So that's why I set those things for myself because you know what? Race day is going to be such and such day or this event's going to be such and such day. And that's where the test is going to come. So when I know there's a test coming, guess what? I'm going to prepare for the test. Well, what's coming is I'm going to see Jesus Christ one day. I'm finally going to get to see my Lord, the one I love, in whom he's revealed himself to me, who I'm pursuing to know and learn, and, and um, I'm, I'm abiding in, and, 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 and this incredible relationship that I have with the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, there's coming a day where I'm going to not only know him by his Holy Spirit through the presence of God in me, but I'm going to see him face to face one day, and I'm going to give an account uh, to him for what and how I live my life. And I know that's to be a reality, so it matters um, how I live. The second thing I notice about men who finish is um, it's important, and they do this, and this is significant, guys. Assess your history of how you start and how you finish. 
because there are patterns that we develop. Some of them are unhealthy patterns, but the natural pattern of man would be to, to start and not to finish because we're not by nature finishers. Now, we may have personalities that are more driven to finish, but by nature, it still takes us being disciplined to be finishers. It still takes that. So if you have unhealthy patterns, even little things, guys, if you're not finishing the little things, I can assure you, you're not going to finish the big things. And I notice this a lot within the, the, the Christian world, um, especially within things we've done in ministry. I, I see guys, boy, they're on the forefront. They sign up for it, baby. They're in for it, man. And you'll have a huge number of men that come partake in the very beginning. But you let that thing go more than a couple weeks and you will watch this thing start to fade. And by week five, week six, week four, guess what you find? Where are those guys? They're nowhere to be found. They started, they didn't finish. And I can guarantee you if that's the way they view what they do for the kingdom of God, the rest of their life is the same way. Either that or they do not have the end in mind. They don't realize in real reality, or they don't truly believe that they're going to stand before Christ one day. Um, so do you have a history of finishing? If you don't have, find out how you can overcome that. One of that is you need to give yourself an honest assessment if you're not even finishing the little things. So start finishing things from the very time you get up in the morning. Do something that makes you finish something. I don't care what it is. Um, Start off the morning with doing something that is requiring you to finish something first thing in the morning, whatever that might be. That might be you're going to make your bed. That might be um, you're going to go for that early morning run. That might be you're going to get your Bible out first thing in the morning before you even, you're going to do what? You're going to sit down and you're going to read a chapter. I, I don't know what it is, but get something that makes you finish something first thing in the morning. Finish, finish the first thing in the morning. Maybe it's brushing your teeth, man. I don't know what it is. But be a finisher in the little things, which is one of the points we're going to say. Uh, the third thing I want to mention to you um, is that um, set real, uh, realized expectations, realistic ones, realistic expectations and timelines. Uh, that's another thing. Um, and sometimes I have a tendency to be overzealous, um, which I don't consider that to be a fault. Um, I would consider that to be a good thing, but it can set you up for disappointment um, but set realistic expectations and timelines in your personal life on the goals that you set for yourself, okay? So set real realistic expectations, and that's what men who finish do. They set realistic expectations. The fourth thing I noticed is um, that men who finish and, and, and are finishers, they manage their time, and they've learned that if they don't manage their time, that time will manage them. And you and I all have 24 hours in one day. And I realize that all of us have different uh, responsibilities without, throughout our day. Some of you might work nights. Some of you may work, um, you know, the midday shift. I don't know what your situation may be. Some of you have little kids. Some of you are young men and you haven't even started a family yet. Some of you are men who have already raised your families and you're in a different season in life. But the reality is we all still have 24 hours in a day. So what we have to do is we have to implement the discipline of what? Managing our time. So I have to, every single day, I have to determine these times are going to be set aside for these things, period. And I calendar those things in my day. I just do that. Now you say, well, hold on. I, I, I can't 
Yeah, you, you can, yes, you can. You can. You just have to determine when and where you're going to do those things. So every one of us has to do that. Control our time or your time will control you. That is the fourth thing I see and I find that men who finish, uh, finish, finish um, apply to their life. Here's the fifth one. They are self-accountable. In other words, there are men out there that I encounter um, and, and men that you know that unless there is someone looking over their shoulder and you work with guys like this, or maybe you employ guys like this, if you're not constantly watching over their shoulder, they don't get anything accomplished. That is a very poor attribute, by the way. It is, a, it is, it is something that needs to be adjusted and fixed because if you can't be self-accountable, you are not dependable for anything. Um, and as a man, we're to grow up. That's part of maturity. We leave boyhood behind. See, young little boys had to have a father checking over their shoulders. Well, I wanted to teach my boys when they were younger, listen, I'm going to give you a job to do, and you need to get it done. I'm not going to go over here and check on you and make sure you're getting it done. I will come when the project's finished, but I'm not going to look over your shoulder and make sure that my thumb's on you. You go get that thing done, right? Well, they're still grown men. That unless there's somebody standing over them and every, listen, I don't even want to have a guy like that around me. If you are not self-accountable, you're not dependable, and I don't need you to be a part of my life. And that's the reality of that. That sounds kind of harsh, I know. Uh, but maybe what we need to do in that situation is we need to help them grow in that. So there's accountability that needs to be kept. Uh, the sixth thing is this. Uh, these guys uh, that finish, they set goals. And if you don't ever set a goal, you're never going to reach it. So if you don't ever have something out there in the future that you're trying to attain, you're never going to get there. That's just the reality of it because you don't just arrive. You'll arrive at a destination, but you won't arrive at that destination unless you set that goal and you steadfastly pursue it. It's not going to happen, okay? Uh, the seventh thing that um, you can write down that is a characteristic of those who finish is they keep track of their progress. Um, so in other words, that's part of a self self-accountability. Um, they're going to journal. They're going to write down. They're going to keep track of their progress. And that's one of the great things about uh, setting goals is you can keep track of the steps of achieving the goal. You can keep track of, did I accomplish this one? Am I, there's, there's a way to keep track of that. And it's rewarding to do that. So they keep track of their progress. In other words, they're keeping themselves up to date. Um, am I still moving forward? Am I still, am I still actively pursuing that? But see, it's always on the forefront of their mind because they're giving assessment to it every single day. The eighth thing is this, and this is an important one. Um, surround yourself with like-minded men. I think that's important. Um, because not every, and this is even in the Christian community, and so I'm probably going to get blasted for this, but not every Christian man is a man that I want to hang around. Um, they're just not. You say, oh man, but they're part of the body of Christ. They are. But there's just some men I don't want to hang around. Um, uh, they're, they're, they're not a healthy individual. Yeah, they're, they're in Christ. That's wonderful. But they're not a healthy individual to be around. They're negative. They're pessimistic. Uh, you know, they're, 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 um, they're weak in their mind. They're, they're undisciplined. Um, they're lazy. They're slothful. There's a lot of those things. They're, 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 you say, well, that doesn't describe a Christian man. Yes, it does describe a Christian man. Unfortunately, it describes men in general. So um, the reality is, guys, 
Surround yourself with like-minded people. I used to always feel kind of a little bit bad about that. Well, you know, when we plan something, you know, you got to involve everybody. But I've gotten to a point where I'd rather plan something with men who are like-minded because I actually enjoy myself and I grow and improve by being around men who are like myself or even who those who can make me a better man, right? That's kind of what I'm striving to do. So surround yourself with like-minded uh, people and that's important. You want to do that. Um, you don't want to hang around a guy that's always making excuses. You know, well, I, I should have been there. Or guys that are late, they're not on time. That's another thing. You want to be around guys that don't, no, 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 no. Be around the kind of men that you want to be. That's important. Now, I'm not saying you can't have other guys be a part of that and they want to be a part, but you need to be, you need to, be, and that's part of discipleship, right? That is, that is a form of discipleship. Um, and so it's important. Um, I just wanted to encourage you in that. I find that to be a reality of men that are finishers. Uh, the ninth thing I've noticed is they finish the small tasks um, and they pay attention to those details. In other words, you know, when Christ says you've been faithful with little, therefore I will put you in charge of much. You know, it's interesting. Guys always want to say, God, give me more, give me more, give me more, give me more. The question is, are you even being faithful with what God has already given you? Because if you're not faithful with the little things that God has given you, you're not going to be faithful with a whole lot more responsibility. It's just not going to be the reality. Some of you are like, well, I could just have a church of 5,000 people. I would. No, you wouldn't. If you're not disciplined and you're not faithful with a church of 50 or 100, you're not going to be faithful or disciplined with a church of 5,000. I can promise you that is a reality because all the numbers do is they exacerbate the problems and, and the need and the workload and the responsibility and the programs <laughs> and, and, and employees. And it just grows and grows and grows and grows. And so it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So if you're not faithful with the little things, you're not going to be faithful with much. That's a true thing. So one of the, the, the disciplines that I've noticed with men that are finishers is that they focus also on the small tasks. In other words, their, 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 their mind is thinking about finishing with everything, right? They finish um, little tasks throughout the day, throughout the week. Um, and you can keep track of those things just in your mind. Am I finishing the little tasks or am I just focused out there on the big one? Well, the problem is if you're focused on the big task, but you're not doing the little things to get you to the big task, you're never going to arrive there either. That's just the reality of that. So there's the preparation of all this that's very, very important. And that's a biblical truth there as well. Be faithful with what you have before you ask God to give you more. Um, and I find that to be true in the way God works in our life a lot of times, like he's preparing us for, for, for other things. There's a preparation that happens for that. So um, be faithful with the small things. That's one of the attributes and disciplines that I see with men who finish. Here's another one. This is an obvious one. You ready? Number 10, and this will be the final one that I'm going to share about this. They don't quit. They don't quit. The number one reason men lack finishing is because they don't stay committed to finish. They quit. And there are men who have shipwrecked their faith. There are men who have shipwrecked their marriages. There are men who have shipwrecked their fathering uh, legacy. There's men who have shipwrecked their company, their business, their career. They shipwreck. They don't finish. They don't finish. They don't finish. They don't finish. The reason is because they quit. They quit. So that's the number one reason. That's the number one reason 90-some people don't finish a New Year's resolution because they quit. They're not committed. 
So here we go. I'm going to write these. I'm going to say these one more time. You can write them down or write them down later if you're driving your, your, your truck or have your earbuds in your ear and you're doing something else, running or working or something. Here we go. Number one, begin with the end in mind. Number two, do a quick assessment of the history of how you start and finish and be honest about it. And what you do is then you begin to analyze that first and then you begin to make the changes needed to ensure that you begin to finish. So be honest in your assessment. Number three, the men, um, they set realistic expectations and timelines to achieve their goals. Number four, um, they manage their time instead of letting their time manage them. I can't tell you how many times I have guys that say, well, you know, I just couldn't. Yeah, you could. You still can. It's just not convenient, but you still can. All right, number five, be self-control, be self-accountable. Um, they're self-accountable men. They are men who set goals. Number seven, they are men who keep track of their progress, so it's always kind of on the forefront of their mind. They're, they're paying attention to it on the daily. Number eight, uh, they surround themselves with like-minded men. Number nine, they finish the small tasks of their everyday life. And then finally, number 10, they don't quit. Those are some attributes that I have found to be true in men who finish. So we know that finishers are disciplined, self-accountable, steadfast, persevering. They are mentally tough. They're focused and they're clear on their purpose. I'm going to read a scripture to you out of 1 Kings chapter 8, 61. Um, May your hearts be fully committed to the Lord our God, to live by his decree and obey his commandments, as at this time. The, the real question that we need to ask ourselves is, are we committed? And you can't be halfway committed. You know, that's not a, that's not a true statement. There's no such thing as a halfway commitment. You're either all in, you can't be partial in, or you're all out. There, there is no halfway, uh, there's none of that. Here's the thing, guys. We must be fully committed to the Lord, our God. Fully. Fully committed. God's men living God's way. Not for your glory, for God's glory. Fully committed to God. Not halfway in, not halfway out. And in the simple things of your life, the goals that you set for your life, if you're going to achieve those goals that you set for yourself, whether it's an exercise goal, whether it's a, um, a business goal, whatever it is, a spiritual goal, if you will, uh, memorizing scripture, or, or you want to share your faith with X, Y, and Z a day, or, or a month, or, or whatever the goal, if you, you can't be halfway committed. You've got to be fully in. If you want to have a great marriage and a marriage that endures the season of life, seasons of life, guess what? You have to be fully committed, fully committed. Um, the truth is that even though people state that they want to achieve a certain goal, in truth, they're really not committed to it. They fail to give the goal the necessary effort and discipline to finish. That would be not committed fully. That's what that is. In 2 Chronicles 16.9, this is 
kind of an interesting verse. Of course, this is to the nation of Israel. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen whose hearts are fully committed to him. Fully committed to him. So here are some enemies to achieving or being a finisher. Let me give these to you. I've got 10 of them, okay? Here's some enemies. I gave you 10 attributes or disciplines of men who finish well. Now I'm going to give you 10 enemies uh, to achieving or finishing. Number one, comfort. Comfort is an enemy to you. You don't realize it is, but it is. Um, We need to do hard things. Do you know why a man like David Goggins appeals to so many men? One of the reasons for that is because he brings inspiration. He brings inspiration to, to men. The word inspiration by definition is actually dealing with feelings, okay? It is to make someone feel that they want to do something or can do it. So when you see a man like David Goggins out there, and I pray that David Goggins could come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, but um, I, 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 he has some very, very, very good things to say. And this is one of the things that comfort is really an enemy. And our brains and our bodies, we all want comfort. So he's all about doing the things that are uncomfortable. Because when he's doing things that are uncomfortable, he's actually growing. And he's becoming stronger. And his mind is being forged. And his body's being hammered and strengthened. And, and, and even, 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 even to a point with him, even probably at a, at a level even of his soul, he, he finds some, some achievement in that. Uh, but, but he inspires men with a feeling that they want to do something greater than themselves or that they could possibly do something greater than themselves. He's an example along with many other men, and that's what I love about many men in the Bible. They, they give us inspiration. Why? Well, the Word of God, number one, is inspired by God, but, but it gives us inspiration. But aspiration is entirely different. David Goggins can't give you aspiration, but he can give you inspiration. What is aspiration? Aspiration is an action. And inspiration doesn't give you as inspiration does not give you aspiration. It can help generate a feeling to begin, but it's not going to help you in aspiration. Aspiration is a strong hope or desire for achievement. It is longing or ambition, a goal or objective that is strongly desired. So to aspire now is going to require the activity on you. Now, you, there's a lot of guys that watch David Goggins, right? And they're inspired by his story of how much weight he lost to get into the Navy SEALs and the number of times he had to go through selection and everything like that. That's why for me, guys, I'll be honest with you, man, I can't get enough of those, 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 those podcasts about SEAL team um, guys in the SEAL team or special forces or green, all of that stuff, the selection process that they go through in order to, to have that, that joy of being part of that group of men. Um, there's a selection process there. And so they had some inspiration, no doubt, but the aspiration is going to be all on them. It's going to be them doing it now. 
And that's the reality of, of us. So comfort is a bad thing. It really is. So do something hard. Do something uncomfortable. Uh, for example, uh, I've heard David say this, Goggins, that is. And he said one reason he runs first thing in the morning is because he hates to run. So he hates to do it. His body hates to do it. He doesn't want to do it. So what is he going to do? He's going to do it. By golly, that's what he's going to do. And for us as well, as God's men, we're going to be these kind of men. Comfort is a kryptonite for God's men. And the church today, we are seeing the fallout and the result of what it means to live in a church that has had no persecution, that has had nothing but wealth, comfort, and ease. And that's why the church in America, no matter what anybody out there wants to say, is weak and apathetic. It just is. And I'm saying that as a pastor of nearly 20 years, okay? That's the reality. And you say, oh, hold on, how dare you say that? Well, it's the truth. It is the truth. And so number two, a negative mindset. A negative mindset is an enemy to achieving or finishing. A negative mindset. You know those guys you hang around, they're just negative. Everything's negative, negative, negative. They aren't the kind of guy I want to be hanging around. Do not want to be that guy. I don't want to be around that guy. I want to be around men who are optimistic and who are positive. Number three, men without action. No action. No action is detrimental. Um, and so we have to, we got to make ourselves do this. This is discipline. We got to get after it. Um, the next thing, number four, a lack of focus. There's no, there's no goal, man, and there's no focus on the goal. Um, I heard a story about a guy that was in selection for uh, special forces, and one of the uh, greatest bits of information that he received from other men who had gone through the selection process was that he needed to sort out of his life all of those distractions and relationships that were were negative, that were distracting, and that were that were. Um, toxic that he needed to sort all that stuff out and so he didn't want to be around those kind of people that kept him from being focused on what his goal was um, and, and it's the same thing we want to be focused and be goal oriented in what we're doing in life and set those goals so lack of focus is another one of those things here's another there's a big one right here in fact this is one we all struggle with and it's it's fear now, there's not a man out there, if they tell you you're not afraid of anything, they're lying to you because fear is a real emotion. It's real. And the enemy, it's one of his greatest tools, is fear. And fear oftentimes keeps us from pursuing our goal. It keeps us, well, you can't make it. You'll never achieve it. You're not able to. Your body's in this. What your No, there's all kinds of excuses. And fear is a motivating factor uh, for many men that keep them from what? Finishing. Fear. Um, number six, um, having non-finishing patterns, falling back into those patterns. Um, that's the thing, you know, even after this gritty camp that we did, and I'm still trying to post and encourage the guys, I wonder honestly, and I'm going to get this information, how many of these guys, after doing it for six weeks every single day, how many of them have continued with this and how many of them have completely stopped because we, we had our summit ruck and we finished the camp and did anybody continue on in discipline of what they've been doing for six weeks 
of their life? Are they in the Word every single day? Are they still exercising and developing their physical body? Are they still taking care of their mind? And are they sharpening it and disciplining their mind? Where are they at in this deal? I'd be curious to find out, and I'm going to learn hopefully here soon how many of these guys have continued on because if, if, if it's already over with and done, then it wasn't a discipline. It didn't continue on. So we want to stay disciplined. But number one, our patterns of not finishing are a reality. We want to change those patterns, and you can do that. Number seven, we're nearly done, guys. It's been going on here for, oh, yeah, 51 minutes. So here we go. Number seven, hanging with the wrong people. Hanging with the wrong people. Remember, bad company corrupts good character. That's just the, the truth and the reality. That's from Scripture. It is a true statement. It's a reality. And I've always said this. If you want to find out what a man is like, just look at his five closest friends, and it'll tell you everything you need to know. Find great men to, to, to spend time with. The time that you get to spend with men, spend it with great men. Men that you want to be like. Men who have the right mindset. Men that love God more than they love everything else. Men that are following Christ, that are living for his glory, that love their wives, that are dedicated to their families, that are hardworking, that are disciplined. Find these kind of men. They're positive. They're goal setters. They're finishers. These are the kind of men that you and I want to hang around with. These are the kind of men we want to be for other men. And so one of the, the taboos of men who don't finish is they hang with the wrong people because when you hang with the wrong people, you become like those people, and those people are not finishers. And when you hang around a bunch of people who never finish, you're probably going to become like some of those. So don't hang around those people. Number eight, excuses. Suck it up, buttercup. Quit making excuses. I have people say, well, I'm 50. I'm 50. 50 is a number, man. Quit making excuses. Well, you know, you know how many guys you talk to that all they want to talk about is their football days when they were in high school? Yeah, back when I was in high school, man, you know, I ran for, I don't care. Good for you. How about what did you do last week, last month? What are you succeeding at now? What are you pursuing now? Life doesn't end at high school, guys. No, life is beginning after high school. <laughs> I mean, I want to be around men that, that, are, that are doing things now in their life. These guys are living life, man. I want to be that guy as well. I don't, I don't want to be a guy that has to look back and say, well, you know, before I had kids, I act, no. Oh, well, before I met my wife, no. Well, back when I was in junior high, are you kidding me? No. What is going on in your life now that God is doing in you, that you are pursuing, and that you are achieving by God's grace? What is that? If you're around a bunch of guys that are making a bunch of excuses all the time, or if you're making excuses, you're not going to finish what you started. Number nine, they lack discipline. And I'm going to say this again. Discipline is so important. And we read this over and over, and Paul talks about discipline. And although it is valuable to have physical discipline, spiritual training is of much more value because it's, it, is, it is beneficial for this life and also the life to come. And so, Discipline is a very, very, very big part of what it means to follow Christ. We need to be disciplined men. The question is, are you, are you disciplined? And um, motivation? Ah, this, this, this podcast may motivate you, but motivation won't help you finish. It won't help you finish one thing. Discipline is what will make you finish. Um, so men that don't finish, they lack discipline. And then number 10, um, this is a different thing, but they lack commitment. In other words, they're not really sold, they're not really bought into the goal. Um, they're not really bought into it fully. They're partially. If you're partially, good luck. You're probably not going to make it. Um, but if you're fully committed 
And that's why when we hear stories about these guys, I mean, here they are in selection and, and man, they're going through what is known as hell week or they're going whatever. I mean, their feet are completely broken. They're stress fractured all over. They've got blisters, the bottom of their feet's peeling off. They're wrapping them in tape so they get numb and they're running a hundred miles or whatever. What does that do to us? That's a man who is fully committed to what he's trying to achieve. He's fully committed because most guys give up when there's a small blister on the ball of their foot. You're not fully committed. So it's that way in all areas of our life to be fully committed. And guys, we must be fully committed to the Lord God in whom we love our Redeemer. And so, guys, I hope this will encourage you men today um, to be men who finish. God bless you guys. Um, I'd love to hear from you all. Um, I know this is a fairly new podcast. Would you would you share this with somebody? I, I don't know how to make this. I, I'm not I'm not into all the technology stuff with Facebook and Twitter. I don't I'm not into all that stuff. It, it, I, I just am not. But. I know it's beneficial, but guys, if this has been a blessing to you, would you send this to some of your buddies? Um, maybe you can encourage somebody with it. Um, share it with somebody. Um, I like to hear from you. There's a way that you can probably reach me at grittycompany.com. I'm sure there's a way you can reach me there. You can also reach me here probably on this podcast. I don't know. I don't set it all up, so I don't know. But anyway, you can reach me. Write a comment. I'd love to speak with you guys. If you need me uh, for anything, if I can come and speak to your men at your church, if we can get you started with a gritty camp, uh, if I can get you the six-week uh, study, whatever it is, um, man, I'm here and would love to... Uh, to, to just offer whatever I can to be a blessing to any of you in the body of Christ. So God bless you guys. Until next time, stay gritty. We'll see you then.